This word will help the person who is struggling, and this word will help the person who is strong. This word will help the person who is doing well spiritually, and this word will help the person who needs some help. And my provoking thought for you this morning is simply this. Are you surrendered to the perfect will of God? Are you on fire for God? Are you doing what God has been asking you to do? Are you engaged with God? Are you in sync with the Spirit? If not, that's okay. Keep listening because before this service ends today, something is going to change. God is going to reignite a spark in your heart and you're going to blaze a trail and have a story to tell. A trailblazer, a groundbreaker, a world changer. I feel this in my spirit because when you've walked with God for any length of time, you see that people come and go. They come and go. They sizzle and fizzle. Many believers and even leaders within the household of faith, they, they lose their fire. And when I say fire, I mean first love. Listen to the words of Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. To the angel, or a better translation, to the pastor of the church in Ephesus I write. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had for me at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The first love is the first fire. Love and lampstands representing the instrument that holds the flame. Jesus Christ, the fiery one, walks amongst the lampstands. Okay, and if you don't know, that's you. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill, shining for all to see. Hide it under a bush. Oh no, be honest this morning. Have you lost your first love? Have you lost your fire, your passion, your excitement, your spiritual fervor? Have you lost, you know, the, the desire to serve God? If so, what happened? Something had to happen. Was it sin? Sickness? Busyness? Disappointment? Betrayal? Maybe a life change? The spirit of confusion? Rejection? Maybe laziness? I don't know. All I know is that the devil will use the subtle things in life to knock us down. But I've got good news. Our God is a consuming fire. And if you will lay your life down on the old-fashioned altar, the fire of God will fall upon you today and change you and reignite the fire on the inside of your heart. And if you're going through the fire, when fire meets fire, it only intensifies. So get ready. The purification process 
that you're walking through today will cause you to come out like pure gold. Jeremiah said, the Lord knows the way that I take and when he has tested me, I shall come out looking like gold. Everybody say, I'm coming out. I'm telling you, you are coming out of spiritual complacency and the Lord is going to set you ablaze. I know what I'm talking about today because when you've served the Lord for any amount of time, you'll notice that it's easy to settle. It's easy to find yourself in a dry season. It's easy to become pre-program just to put it in in coast and 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 to go through the motions if you will but you'll see in the scripture the word dry season is mentioned seven times and every time the children of Israel walked through a dry season or they were walking on dry ground it was always the pathway to victory if they kept marching Heaven, heaven were bound. If they, if they persevered through that, that season, suddenly supernatural change came their way. And they walked out, hallelujah, not even smelling like smoke. They, they came out victorious in the name of Jesus. So if this is where you are today, get ready. You're coming out. Because so many people are pre-programmed to lose their fire. They say, oh, just give it some time. You'll lose your fire. Don't worry. You can't maintain this level of spirituality. And, 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 and all I have to say is watch me. I'm telling you, this is how you know if you have received the authentic, genuine one-of-a-kind power of the Holy Spirit because once He touches you, your life is never the same and you keep on burning, hallelujah, for the world to see. And, and I thought about Moses. He was just walking around minding his own business and he saw a burning bush. And maybe that's me this morning. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're like, wow, why is he so excited? I'll tell you why, because there was something different about that bush. It was not only burning, but the Bible says that it would not burn up. It was burning and burning and burning. And this is how you know That if God is real, when He touches you, I'm telling you, you will keep on burning. Not one day, two days, not two years. You will burn the rest of your life. Hallelujah. What What else is there to do in life but to worship, work, and share the word with the world? If the church doesn't get into the world, the world will get into the church. And I prophesy over you today that it's time to get up and to go in the power of the Holy Ghost because He is going to use you in a mighty way. I don't want to burn out or burn up. I never want to be cold, comfortable, or complacent. And this is what I've learned. Everybody burns for something. But there's a difference between us 
the church, and the world. If we burn for something, we burn for the very thing that will last for all of eternity. We burn for the King of Kings. So I prophesy over you today, keep on burning. And this is what happened to young Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, 5 through 7. Scholars say Timothy was between 38 and 42 when Paul wrote this letter from a dark prison cell in Rome. It was his last living epistle as the great apostle Paul. He was writing these words to young Timothy at the age of 38. Through 42. I'm telling you, I'm young. Hallelujah. He said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am now pers- persuaded it lives in you. Come on, can you say that today? It lives in me. For this reason, I remind you today to fan into the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, for the Spirit of God did not give you the Spirit that makes you timid, but He gave you the Spirit that gives you power, love, and a sound mind. So notice that the great Apostle Paul exhorted young Timothy to stir up the gift of God. Now, these things abide on the inside of us. See, the the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the gifting, and the faith to activate. It lives in you. So what was Paul saying? He was saying, stir it up. And the word stir it up up comes from three words. Anna, Zoe, Phaeo. Anna means to do something again. Zoe means life. And Phaeo means fire. When you put these three words into sequence, this is what you get. Stir up the fire of God in your life again. It's time to stir up the fire of God in your life again and again. We as believing believers, we have to do whatever we have to do to keep the fire of God burning in our life. Why? Because the fire works. Notice the Apostle Paul told Timothy, you have to do it. Anna, Zoe, Phaeo, you have to do it. You have to stir it up. You don't need another counseling session, another conference, another fire tunnel. No, you can wake up on Monday morning and you can stir up the gift of God on the inside of you all by yourself. King David said, I stir myself up. Smith Wigglesworth said, when I wake up, I dance before the Lord for five minutes. Every morning we have to do whatever we've got to do to get in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, and to stay in the Spirit. Friend, if you've lost your fire, pray, fast, give, serve, share your faith, read the Bible, smile, hugs and handshakes, do whatever you got to do. I'm telling you, the fire works. Why do we need to live a life of fire? Because there's great consequence when we lose the flame of our faith. 
There's great consequence. When the church loses its fire, the church will produce uncommitted Christians. When the church loses its fire, the church will give birth to casual Christianity. If we, as the church, if we lose the fire of the Holy Ghost, the spirit of the age will come in and spread deception among the saints that that this little flicker of fire is fanaticism, emotionalism, fake, phony, not needed in our day. No, no, no. I submit to you today that we as a fellowship, we need the fire of the Holy Ghost. We need to weep between the altar and the pew. We need to do whatever we have to do to stay plugged into the source of power, which is the cross of Jesus Christ and the empty tomb. I'm telling you, I feel something in this room. We can't lower our level of theology down to our own personal experience. Just because I don't operate on that level of anointing or gifting doesn't mean it's not possible. Because the Bible says that all things are possible. Uh, The fire is the fuel of our faith. Who cares if we're labeled a fanatic? Because a fanatic is someone who won't change his mind and won't change what he's talking about. We've got to fan the flame and burn brighter today than we did yesterday. Why? Because the wind, because when the wind blows, the fire spreads. And if you're on fire, everybody will know it and you will have all that you need. Because when you're close to the fire, you feel the heat. And if it's real, you'll feel something. You'll see something. And you'll have the level of faith, hallelujah, to conquer your promised land. Everybody say, the fire of God is my first love. The fire of God is my first love. Hallelujah. We can't lose our fire. Because when you do, you become lukewarm. And if you're lukewarm today, repent, ask God for help, and believe the Bible. We need to get our fire back to fast, evangelize, pray in the Spirit and prophesy, to lay hands on sick people. We've got to stir it up. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to be obedient. What has God been asking you to do? Are you engaged with God? Are you walking in the perfect will of God? The church of God was born in the fire. You think I'm playing, but I'm preaching. I'm telling you, we have to stir it up. It's 20 years from me. I know a little bit. I've learned a few things that it doesn't come easily. We've got to press in. The 21st century. We've got to finish on fire. So what are the prerequisites for the power of God to be produced? What are the requirements for the fire to be rekindled in our life? Number one, you need an altar. 1 Kings 18.30 Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. Just come over here. Come to me. So they walked over and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of Israel, 
to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Your name shall be Israel. And with those stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seahs of seed. And he arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to all of them, Fill four large jars with water, and pour it on the offering and the wood. Do it again, he said. And they did it again. Do it again, he said, and they did it a third time. In the midst of a drought, it hadn't rained in three and a half years, and Elijah seems to be gone crazy. He's pouring a, a an abundance of water on the altar, and the water ran down around the altar and filled the ditch. Verse 36, at the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God and that I am your servant and I have done all of these things at your command. Answer me so that these people will know that you are God and that you are turning their hearts back to him. Then the fire of God fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and it licked up the water in the ditch. And when all the people saw this, they fell down on the ground, and they began to cry out to God again. Number one, what do you do when your heart has grown cold? The Bible says that Elijah repaired the altar that was broken down. If your car breaks down, you fix it because it gets, gets you places. It gets you to where you want to go. If your faith breaks down, you pray because prayer builds faith and faith will take you places. Come on, somebody. Why did Elijah repair the altar? Because the altar is the place where God and man meet. It's the place of prayer and worship and intimacy. If there's no intimacy, there's no fire, no fervor, no passion, and definitely no reproduction. Is anybody with me? If you've lost your fire, the Lord is saying it's time to rebuild the old-fashioned altar. Number two, you've got to add fuel to the fire. What's the fuel? What keeps the fire of God burning? The wood. What's the wood? The wood is the word of God. Proverbs 26, 20, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Meaning we've got to have a word. We've got to have a word. Make a pledge today. I'm going to build an altar and I'm going to cut down some trees because this is the place where God and man meet. God, I'm going to meet you. Every day, I'm going to fall down on my face. I'm going to read my Bible and pray. Number three, sacrifice. The fire always falls on the sacrifice. Three simple steps to spark revival in your heart. You've got to build an altar. You've got to arrange the wood. And you've got to apply the sacrifice. This generation doesn't want to sacrifice anything. But listen to Romans 12 verse 1. Therefore I urge you today brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Offer your body as a sacrifice holy and pleasing to God for this is real worship. Hallelujah. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. In Genesis 22, Isaac said, Father, I see the wood 
and the fire, but where's the sacrifice? Isaac, it's you. You're the sacrifice, son. Many men give, but few men give of themselves. God wants you. God wants you to climb the mountain of Moriah this morning and submit to the Father's will because the, fa- the fire doesn't fall by faith. It falls by sacrifice today, meaning the love of God is the motivation for self-sacrifice. Church, the Lord puts the fire on the altar, but we have to keep it burning. We have to pray in the Spirit. We've got to serve. We've got to go to church on Sunday, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Him daily. I'm telling you, if you will build an altar, find a place to pray, open up your Bible, get a word. It's not how much. It's not because we have to. It's because we want to Give God something to work with. What do you need to do today? What commitments do you need to make? Leviticus 6, 12 and 13, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. So every morning, the priest had to add wood and arrange the offering on the, on the fire Because this fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously, the NIV says. It must not go out. Hebrews 12, 29, our God is a consuming fire. Isaiah 4, 4 says that our God is is the spirit of burning. Malachi 3, 2 says the Holy Spirit is the refiner's fire and the cleansing soap. The fire cleans up the inside and the soap cleans up the outside. Can somebody say, God, send the fire? Send the fire. We need the fire of God to fall on our family. It starts with you and it starts with me. If you're believing God for change and and revival and, and increase, I'm telling you it starts with the small things. And today I'll give you three keys to keep the fire burning in your own life. Build an altar. You've got to bow your knee. You've got to give God some wood. You've got to give Him something to work with. And you have to sacrifice yourself. The requirement of discipline is self-discipline. If you will discipline yourself, I'm telling you, it will become a holy habit. And then your whole family will follow. And, And then your church telling you the eyes of the Lord look to and fro and and God is looking for someone that is fully committed unto him and when you are fully committed he will send the fire but then it's up to you and it's up to me to keep it burning there was a season in my own life whenever I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and called into ministry and I began to see God do great and mighty things and then and then I relapsed I went back to my old way of life and I repented and God saved me and set me free a second time one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Jonah 3:1 for for Jonah cried out to God a second time 
And I'm telling you, if he set you free one time, he can set you free a second time. No matter where you are in your spiritual walk this morning, if you cry out to God, there's more grace. Where sin abounds, grace abounds. Somebody may have written you off. Your parents or your spouse or or people may may, uh, run out of grace. But I'm telling you, there is a river. Hallelujah. I feel this. There is a river of grace that flows from the throne of God. And if you will humble yourself and pray, God will send the rain. And He will set you free two, three, four, five times. God can do it again and again and again. I'm telling you, build an altar. Give him something to work with. Break out your Bible. Begin to pray. Sacrifice yourself. Read 1 Kings chapter 18. This was me. This was me. I bowed my knee. And there was a season when I was stuck. I was so stuck. I didn't know if I could ever get back to where I used to be. But I'm telling you, God sent the glory. He sent the fire, the power of God. Touched me and broke all the chains off of my life. And I've been ablaze. Now I know I never want to go back. But if you have, Revelation chapter 2 verses 1 through 7 gives us divine instruction. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Whoever has ears, please let him hear what the Spirit is saying today. Go back and do the first things over again. Your first works. What did you do when you first got saved? I don't know. Rehearse. He can reverse the curse. Go back and just just go after God. Just like a, a newborn baby. Go back and drink milk. Read your Bible. Do some daily devotion. Start tithing. Start serving. Start smiling. Start sharing your faith. And suddenly something supernatural will take place. And you'll wake up one day and go, Wow, what happened? I've tasted and, and I've seen what God can do with the man and the woman that will exercise what the Bible says To do supernatural strength is coming back into your spirit today. Lift your hands and say, send the fire. These keys will open up a door of opportunity for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray this blessing over you today. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Lift up your hands and say, send the fire. Reclaim the fame. Hallelujah. Reclaim the flame. Hallelujah. Let's go after God again with everything that we have, our mind, soul, body, and spirit, renewed, revived, rekindled. Jesus' name. This program was made possible by the generous partners and friends of Chance Walters Ministries International. Until next time, we are on the Revival Road. For more information, Download our free ministry app or go to our website at www.chancewalters.org. Indeed, the best is yet to come.